in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safe, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn into guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, and glad to have you here along for the ride. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into some quick hits before we get into the main topics of the day. Uh, we will start with the fact that, uh, you know, just in case you missed these headlines, we have a situation ongoing at Fox News where a producer has been fired for a Cameron that he was running that defined Joe Biden as a wannabe tyrant, which, you know, it seems to me like that's a legitimate thing to say based on everything we've seen so far. But, you know, uh, trying to be fair and balanced Fox decided to let it go. Let me ask you this. If Fox has a legitimate reason to be upset with the framing, yes or no, you can fall either way you want to on that argument, but you can't deny the fact that this particular administration, way more than any other, and that's saying a lot to this point, we remember what the Obama administration was like, this one is certainly on a path to tyranny like no other has been. And another good example of exactly what the Biden administration is all about demonstrates here with this latest news piece, the latest hire to the Joe Biden re-election campaign, the fact that they 
just so happened to not exactly be a stranger to the White House. That's not a surprise. What might be a little surprising to you that it would be reasonable to rehire this guy is the fact that he was ousted there uh, two years ago for allegedly threatening and sexually harassing a reporter. We're talking about former White House Deputy Press Secretary T.J. Ducklow. He resigned back in February of 2021 after allegedly telling then-Politico reporter Tara Palomera in an off-the-record call that he would destroy her over an investigative story into the potential conflict of interest in his relationship with Axios reporter uh, Alexi McCamron. McCamron, anyway. Uh, Ducklow also allegedly sexually harassed uh, the then-Politico reporter with explicit accusations of jealousy. Now, this is the kind of guy that typically a White House administration would like to move away from. Remember, even if this guy didn't do the things that he's been accused of, he resigned in order to end the controversy. He resigned because of the appearance of impropriety. He resigned because once upon a time in the world of politics, that's what we demanded from people that held positions, whether they were elected positions or were part of the deep state. If you were found to potentially be guilty of something that we typically would frown upon, we would ask you to be gone. Now, case like this sounds like there probably should have been some criminal uh, investigated thing going on too, but hey, what would we really expect from these folks, right? So just a quick question again to the folks over at Fox, despite their fair and balanced approach and their attempt to be down the middle, uh, how do you justify that there was anything wrong in the statement? If you've got somebody who's willing to threaten and try to destroy Reporters who are actually, you know, doing their job, reporting on things going on within the administration, even if it is their own position. Why? Why would you bring them back for the campaign, no less? Uh, previously, not exactly the strong suit, right? All right. Also, in case you were under a rock, you may have missed where Mark Cuban made a claim last week that woke capitalism is good business. In fact, he sounded like he meant it. And the thing to keep in mind is when it comes to Mark Cuban, his ties to the NBA, uh, his ties to overseas business, a lot of the investments he's made over time rely heavily on trying to keep your DEI score up so that you can make sure that you're keeping your SEG scores up. When you're trying to do both those, you have to say things like woke capitalism is good for business, even when you know better. And I guarantee you, Mark Cuban knows better. But you know who took exception with that? Current Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, who also happens to know a great deal about how to run a successful business at multiple levels. In fact, uh, Vivek, in a lot of ways, is probably a little bit stronger example of good business acumen 
Mark Cuban has managed to make good investments for most of his career. That's been primarily his strength. Vivek has actually built companies from the ground up, and he's been very good at investing. So, you know, between the two, I'd be more likely to take Vivek's uh, advice, uh, to take his business acumen and make that the model. Of course, he made this pushback when he was making an appearance over at Fox News Sunday. Uh, he is the author of the book Woke, Inc., Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam. He literally blasted Cuban's comments and pointed to brands like Bud Light and companies like Target as proof that going woke is indeed bad for business. So good for Vivek continues to do and say the things that need to be heard by the American people, even when others don't have the cojones to speak that truth. And speaking of speaking truth and pushing back, Tim Scott, another Republican presidential candidate, fired back at former occupant of the White House, one Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama, uh, when it comes to uh, the 2024 presidential campaign for Tim Scott, it's been all about how America is the best place to be a person of color, because nowhere else could you rise up like he has within a couple of generations to the office that he currently holds, as well as having a realistic opportunity to be taken seriously as a candidate for the highest office in the land. Now, Barack made a little critique of Tim Scott's views on race relations. Uh, the supposed uh, first black American to be elected president, although we all know technically Bill Clinton holds that <laughs> distinction. At least Bill would like for you to think so, uh, once upon a time anyway. But uh, Obama said during a recent CNN podcast that voters should be skeptical of GOP candidates who lack a plan to address the consequences of hundreds of years of racism. Obviously, that was designated to put a bullseye right on Tim Scott, wanting to take him out of the race, wanting to basically say, hey, look at this new Uncle Tom. Hey, look at this guy over here who's a, tr a race traitor, who's not toting the Democratic line. Guess what, Barack? Just because you happen to be black in America doesn't mean you have to agree with your political nonsense, your Marxism that you push left and right, your anti-colonialism, the we blame America first crowd, the we hate America. That's not a realistic view of what America looks like. It's just in your tiny little twisted mind. And as a result, there are some folks out there who happen to be of color, as you would like to say, who have seen through your lies, who put in the time, the effort, and energy, and have done well, not by betraying a race, but by taking advantage of the opportunities that are presented, that are available, that are part of the promise that this nation truly represents. So kudos to Tim Scott for continuing to stand up. And kudos to Barack Obama for showing us exactly what it is we're fighting against. Because when it comes to race baiting, Barack's been pretty good at it. 
All right, so uh, one more quick hit did we want to do here? And now, well, sure. Asa Hutchinson, who also, by the way, if you haven't heard, is running for the Republican nomination for president. He's out there saying that the GOP should back off claims that the Department of Justice has been weaponized against Trump. Uh, my question is, Asia, uh, why? Why should we back off the claims? Uh, because it makes us look bad? Because you're afraid of being crucified by the media? Because you're afraid the Department of Justice might come for you? Uh, which is it? Because it's pretty obvious that it is true that it has been weaponized against Trump, and not just Trump, but it's so blatantly obvious what they've done towards Trump, it's really hard to ignore it. So why exactly should we back off those claims? Well, according to, with all due respect, candidate Hutchinson, while he was making appearance on ABC's This Week, the former Arkansas governor said that arguing that the Justice Department has been unfairly targeting Trump undermines law enforcement in the United States. Adding that Trump's promise to appoint a special prosecutor to investigate the Biden family was the real weaponization of the DOJ. Again, a uh, quick reminder, Asha Hutchinson is a never-Trumper to begin with. So probably very much for the going after and bringing down Donald Trump. Let's weaponize whatever we have to to go take him out of the picture. So again, grain of salt with what he's saying. But the fact that you would say going after a Democrat when there's been obvious crimes committed is weaponization when going after a Republican where he's been targeted over and over and over yet again with no ability to prove a thing with one time after another these accusations actually being debunked or disproven completely, I would wonder why you would see a disconnect. Uh, the fact that you're actually likely to get Joe Biden and the entire Biden crime family with very strong cases, a strong possibility that he could serve actual prison time if you really went after him the way that they've gone after Trump. Is that your idea? Because you know that just targeting Trump isn't going to have an effect on Trump's normal life simply because they're never going to be able to get him on anything because there's nothing to get him on. Is that really how you're going to define it? Where we're weaponizing the DOJ because the Bidens are actual criminals. Now, that's actually what the DOA is for. DOA. DOJ. DOJ, not DOA. <sighs> anyway. Before I jump into the first primary topic of the day, I do want to remind you about our fine folks, our very good friends over at 4 And the reason I'd like to remind you is because I did get the opportunity, I did finish running down my sidekick for just the second time uh, after a concerted effort to do so, and I did get to charge it back up using the solar panel. And... Uh, Here's the thing, I got a little distracted, so I can't tell you exactly how long it took, but it was under three hours recharge time from completely drained to 100%. 
So, again, I, what else do I got to tell you? Less than three hours from being completely drained? That is pretty daggum cool. And the awesome thing is that the the Patriot Power Sidekick is a reasonably uh, inexpensive item that you could have a couple. So you could always have one charged on standby while you have a second one going. There's no reason not to be doing that. And this is what's most super awesome cool. You have so many different ways to charge it back up. And that's just one of the emergency backup power solutions that 4Patriots has available for you. And if you happen to be somebody that relies on medical devices during the night to help keep you alive, why would you want to take the risk? You should always have emergency backup power. Always. And uh, who knows what's going to happen with the power grid. It's aging. It's going down. So whether your power goes out for an extended period of time because of storms or natural disasters or, heaven forbid, social unrest, it's good to have backup power readily available so that you can continue to do the things you need to do to live. And even better, if you can charge it via solar power, then you're not having to worry about a lot of noise attracting unwanted attention, and as long as the sun keeps shining, you've got free power there to recharge. So what are you waiting for? Just go check them out. That's all I've ever asked from you anyway. Just go visit 4patriots.com. Take a look at everything that they've got going on, especially the survival food kits. I can't praise those enough. They're really, really good. And, uh, you know, water filtration, all kinds of cool stuff. Just go take a look. Once you've done that, if you see something that you absolutely positively have to have when you place that order, don't forget to use the promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, when you are checking out. Save yourself 10% on your order. Again, that's the number four, Patriots.com and use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, at checkout. And, uh, you know, what else can I say? Uh, just go do it, guys. It's it's You'll be sorry if you don't. You won't be sorry if you do. That's all I'm saying. Just go check it out. Okay, so we were talking about the weaponization of the DOJ. Well, you can't tell me that's not what's going on here. And anybody with the ability to think even the least bit critically and is willing to be honest about looking at this situation and seeing it from start to finish. The only way you come to any other conclusion is if you simply don't have all the information. If your only source of knowledge, if your only source of informational input happens to be legacy media, if that's the case, then you need to pay closer attention and you need to notice the wordplay that's going on. But the current big story with Trump, which is still, I know, it's an effort to try to get everybody to say squirrel and look over at Donald Trump instead of looking at what's going on with the Biden crime family. And that is a fact, but that doesn't mean we get to ignore what's happening with Trump. But the latest news there is that there is evidence in these Trump documents uh, case that contains information on ongoing investigations that are involving uncharged individuals. And as a result, that is going to further slow down this so-called speedy trial that we were supposed to be uh, getting for the Trumpster. Remember, we were promised 
by the special prosecutor that this would be a speedy trial. Not going to be the case. Some of the evidence that federal prosecutors are reportedly set to give to the Trump defense team contains information about current criminal investigations that could be used to identify individuals in the case. The New York Times reported that prosecutors filed a request for a protective order on that evidence and that the Trump lawyers did not object to it. The filing said that some of the documents were about ongoing investigations and contained information that could be used to identify uncharged individuals. Now, quoting there. There was no hint about what the, quote, ongoing investigations were related to or if the documents were among the 31 sets of national defense documents that Trump was indicted for allegedly retaining after the government repeatedly told him to return the documents, which is a heck of a way to put that. Now, Judge Cannon, who the left is still all upset about because Judge Cannon is a Trump nominee, who happens to be overseeing the case in the Southern District of Florida, Judge Cannon ordered this past Friday that lawyers for Trump's team needed to start the work to get security clearances so that they could, in fact, see the classified documents in the case. It's going to be impossible to provide a good and certainly the best defense for Trump without being able to see these documents. And the ones that are classified will require uh, security clearances. Even if the ones that are marked as classified are no longer classified because Trump declassified them, which is something that the left and the prosecutors and, of course, the Biden administration aren't willing to concede. They're not willing to admit that that's even a possibility, and they're still trying to heavily lean on this audio tape where they're claiming that Donald Trump supposedly was showing people without a security clearance information that he acknowledged at the time had not been declassified and that he did not have the power to do that any longer, which actually just shows he understands that once he was no longer president, he couldn't do that anymore. Anyway, CBS News investigative reporter Kathleen Heritage said that some of the materials recovered by investigators were, quote, way beyond top secret records. Now, this, of course, is a phrasing that's used to try to scare the American public. It's meant to try and scare Trump supporters into no longer supporting Trump. It's designed to make it sound far worse than what actually happened. And at the end of the day, we're never really going to know how bad it is. So these scare tactics are simply that. And I'm sorry, this investigative reporter, how is she supposed to know what was in this either, unless someone has leaked them to her. And if they have, then criminal uh, access has been granted. That should be investigated. Anyway, quoting again, some of these are way beyond top secret. Like I said, talent keyhole. When you're talking about special access programs or SCI, sensitive compartmentalized information. These really are the crown jewels of the U.S. intelligence community. So again, bottom line, somebody's told her something or she's just making it up and acting like somebody's told her something. But either way, 
it sounds to me like you can't make these accusations without having seen them for yourself, without violating journalistic integrity. Now, does that mean anything at all here? No, clearly uh, reporters working for CBS probably don't care that much about what we generally would think of as journalistic integrity. It's just the truth these days. I can't say with any certainty here, but that could be the case. It just might be. I'm not going to say for certain that that's the case, because it is also just as likely that somebody in the Biden administration, somebody that is part of this effort to go after Donald Trump, someone that is part of this weaponization of the Justice Department, Mr. Hutchinson, uh, someone that involved with that may have very as very likely just as well, just as easily illegally leaked some of these documents so that she could see them for herself with the understanding that she can't say anything more than that these are way beyond top secret. Which, you know, um, the classification system doesn't really have a whole lot that's... Uh, anyway, the indictment stated that documents recovered from Trump by federal investigators included, quote, classified documents he stored in his boxes, which included information regarding defense and weapon capabilities of both the United States and foreign countries, the United States nuclear programs, potential vulnerabilities of the United States and its allies to military attack, and plans for possible retaliation in response to a foreign attack. Now, again, we've heard that a few times now. That's all part of the 37 criminal counts, with 31 of those being the willful retention of national defense information. That's all part of the plan here. That's all part of the scare tactics. It's all part of the, we're doing anything we can to try to scare people away from Donald Trump. Of course, other counts include conspiracy to obstruct justice, corruptly concealing documents, or making records, and, and making false statements. Yes, those are the other things which their only evidence involves former lawyers violating uh, client uh, privilege. Now, and of course, they're going to say, there is an exception. And actually, there is a legal exception to client privilege when it comes to an attorney. And that is if they're actually using their legal uh, advice in order to plan or to commit a crime. That is the exception. That is what they're claiming is going to be the case here. But there is still a very big difference between asking a question or asking what possible consequences would be as opposed to saying, hey, what I'm going to do this. How do I do it and get away with it? That is using the legal uh, expertise of the attorney to commit a crime. Uh, again, only if they actually offer it up, by the way, I would say. But there's a lot of little technicalities that most of our side-armed lawyers would like to throw out there because of how we think we understand the legal system works. But at the end of the day, what we do know is despite the warnings of a certain Republican candidate for president, or Republican candidate for the nomination of the Republican candidate for president, 
there is no question that the Department of Justice hasn't been weaponized against Trump. And the fact that they're now making a big deal about some of these documents uh, and the fact that the classifications are going to be necessary, it all plays into one very simple factor as well. They're going to delay it. They're going to stall it. They're going to try and keep it as scary to those who would support him as possible. But they also like the fact that the weaponization keeps him in play for the nominee. They want him to be the Republican nominee. That's why they keep sending so many never-Trumpers to jump into this race, because they're trying to dilute all the non-Trump support. And that is what's going to happen. Now, uh, Ron Edwards was on here Friday night, and he said that it's also an effort to try and force him to spend more money, so it depletes his war chest for the national campaign. I don't think that's going to be as much of an issue as Ron seems to believe. And I'm not saying Ron's wrong. I, I think they do believe they're going to be able to reduce his ability to campaign. But I also think they know that this, no matter how it turns out, especially if it's ongoing past the primaries into the general, that it's going to be turn into an albatross around Trump's neck in trying to win over independents and those Democrats that are over Joe Biden. And in that particular instance, I do think that it actually may turn around to bite them in the backside. But what are you going to do? Their choice. They're the ones trying to do the bad stuff. All right. So with that being said, let's take the mid-hour break, and then we will transition to the next topic upon my return. Don't go anywhere. I will be right back. I promise. Please stay. Hello, America. This is Ken Crow with Conservative Daily Briefing, and you are listening to Tim Tap Tap into the Truth. The persecution of Christians is now wrapping up all over the world, including here in the United States as well as Great Britain. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Browns Coffee. Throughout history, Christians have supported God's plan for marriage between one woman and one man. That belief and custom has been a biblically-based and mainstream lifestyle custom that implies no malice towards anyone. Unnatural sexual attractions and activities are described in God's Word as undesirable and unclean. Like any other sin, Christians believe that through Jesus Christ, people are saved from the ravages of all sin, including unnatural sexual activities. Through that belief, many LGBTQ practitioners have actually left the unnatural lifestyle. So now, LGBTQ leftist advocates are petitioning the British government to make it illegal for churches to share God's moral standards and deliverance from what the Word of God calls sinful and unclean activities. This, dear listener, is not so much about believing or not believing, but rather to be free or not to be free, to exercise our faith. The loss of one right will lead to the loss of all rights. I'm Ron Edwards. 
check out the RonEdwards.com. All right, everybody. I want to take a quick moment to remind you about one of the biggest mistakes that gun owners like myself have made in the past. We'll pick a holster that is so uncomfortable that we stop carrying. Now, that's bad news for us if that day ever comes where we have to defend ourselves, protect our family, protect our neighbors. If we're there, suddenly, in that moment, we are at a tremendous disadvantage because we gave up our ability to carry. The quickest path to tyranny is to give up your guns, and the fastest way to become a victim of crime is to not have your firearm with you when you need it. And that's all a big part of why Vanish holsters are quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in the country. They have thousands of customers that are ready to tell you, just ask them, that it is hands down the most comfortable holster ever. And they're designed to help you save money because the holster is designed to fit about 99% of semi-autos handguns out there on the market today. Beyond that, also designed to work without needing a tactical belt. So there's a hidden expense that a lot of us aren't thinking about when we buy a holster, uh, but most of us are aware that we typically need, especially if we want to carry in a fashion that's outside of the daily norm on the hip carry. And that's the other thing. Vanish holsters are designed for you to carry in multiple positions, so you can pick the position that works best for you. You're not locked into just one or two possible positions. Also goes back to being the most comfortable. Now, I know I often push these products in a fashion that makes it sound like you just can't live without them, and in truth, all I'm really asking you to do is to go visit these sponsors and decide for yourself. And so, once again, I'm asking you to go visit www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. And you want to make sure to use the backslash T-A-P-P because by doing that, you automatically give yourself a $50 discount on whatever your order may be. One more time, that's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire, around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. (music) 
Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from the 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Target is targeting they my kids. They put a target on your back, but they're targeting your kids. They don't even need to ask, because you all know what it is. Yeah, that's why I keep a strap, and I'm always by my bears. This agenda got to stop, and you know we're going to win when they target, target, yeah, they target in. Target, target, yeah, they target kids. Target, target, yeah, they target in. Target, target, yeah, they target Yep, they do indeed. In fact, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, some of the targeting, not just kids, but also religions as a whole here in just a moment. But before that, I got to remind you, boys and girls, if you are conservative, especially, but regardless of your political view, we live in an age where science no longer rules in the medical profession. They're too busy being woke as well. So you can't trust these so-called medical professionals 
with your health anymore. You have to take your health into your own hands. And if you happen to be worried about your heart, your memory, or your swollen, achy joints, I have a possible solution. There's this Antarctic krill supplement that's available that could help put an end to issues with all three of those. It has been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduce inflammation, swelling, and joint pain. And there's no better to try no better time to try it for yourself. Just go to fixswollenfeet.com to get 58% off native path Arctic krill. This krill oil is pure, effective, and easily absorbed by the body, and it contains a potent antioxidant that helps reduce inflation and inflammation and swelling. I wish it did help reduce inflation too. That would be great. But it helps reduce inflammation and swelling. And for a limited time, you can grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. Just go to FixSwollenFeet.com. One last time, that's F-I-X-S-W-O-L-L-E-N-F-E-E-T.com, Fix Swollen Feet. Uh, at the very least, check it out. We're talking about Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil. All right, now I told you we would be talking about uh, the targeting by the left directed at children and also hatred directed at religious folks that might just push back. Well, here's the deal. Last Friday, we didn't talk about it on the show because it wasn't one of our primary topics, but last Friday, the Dodgers went ahead and had their special gay pride night event, and they did, in fact, honor members of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Didn't work out too good for the Dodgers, though. Because while they tried their best to, to thread the needle of saying, hey, we're, we're okay with the LGBTQ crowd, but we want to show love for our Catholic fans because the Dodgers, probably more than any other Major League Baseball team, have connections to the Catholic Church that just... It's such a ridiculous set of circumstances to see them put a thumb in the eye of uh, Catholic believers. Anyway, there was a large group of demonstrators that protested the Dodgers' night as they were honoring the drag troupe, the self-described queer and trans nuns. <sighs> Crowds gathered outside Dodger Stadium, where the team would later recognize the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence in its annual Pride Night celebration. The group was outraged Catholics. The group has outraged Christians of all denominations, but especially Catholics, due to a certain antic. Well, perhaps I should use plural here, due to certain antics. Because there, there's more than just one. They do all kinds of things to mock the Catholic faith. Uh, they do a pole dancing on a cross, just for one example. The rally on Friday was organized by a group called Catholics for Catholics, hmm, clever name, which disseminated flyers that called on people to join 
in prayerful response to Dodger's godless decision to honor blasphemous, Christ-mocking Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And this was actually reported by the local news station KTLA. Uh, there were all kinds of footage of the event uh, posted to social media. The uh, Catholics were Catholics, touted over 5,000 people. Over 5,000 folks showed up for their event. If you've seen any of the footage, and it's easy enough to find it if you haven't, but there was a stark difference between the protesters, the people that showed up, to support the idea that the Catholic faith, that the Christian faith, should not be mocked and should not be tolerated. Way more people showed up for that than actually showed up to be in the stadium for Gay Pride Night. In fact, the stadium was probably as close to empty as I've ever seen it. And again, I've stopped watching pro baseball for a long time, but what I can tell you is when I see highlights, when I'm watching the news, when I see a game on television as I'm channel surfing, not that I do that that much anymore either, the one thing I can tell is the difference between a good turnout and a not-so-good turnout. And the footage that I've seen from the Dodgers Pride Night event, I that's about as empty as I've seen a professional stadium be during an actual game night. I've seen special uh, things ongoing that didn't involve a game that maybe had a turnout similar. And another thing that I saw was some of the fans that were there absolutely just lost their minds booing uh, the members of the Sisters of in Eternal Indulgence or Perpetual Indulgence, whatever the heck their name is. So, in a lot of ways, I really, really enjoyed seeing the turnout. I really enjoyed the fact that the fans of the Dodgers stuck to their guns, and they made their point. And I hope they'll continue to do so. And I hope nobody's going to fall for this little fake uh, tit-for-tat bit where they're trying to do a, a Christian faith night that's supposed to be upcoming here uh, next month in response to trying to quell the angst that they've created by virtue of first inviting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence in the first place to let them perform, and then to uh, cancel that invitation when they got pushed back from Catholics, and then to turn around and cancel the cancellation and decide to actually honor and give them an award during the Pride Night event, which took the blasphemy a step further than what it would have been. It was good to see the turnout supporting the Catholic fans, supporting the idea that it is not okay to mock the Christian faith and to mock the Catholic believers. It was good to see more people show up for that than to actually go inside the game, and that a percentage of the folks that did go into the game did so with the intent of having themselves be heard standing in opposition to what they were doing. What wasn't good? 
something else that's pretty obvious if you watched enough of the footage. There was a tremendous police presence. A, a, a huge one. I, the kind of police presence that if they would have that level of show of strength at a BLM protest, we wouldn't have been talking about the summer of love like we had to. How it was peaceful, mostly. Okay, a little fiery, but mostly peaceful. No, and actually, they were rioting. Did the Los Angeles Police Department, or the higher-ups, or the, the politicians that bark out orders to the LAPD, did they honestly believe that this group of Catholics were such a threat that you were going to have riots? Now, I'm not going to say they shouldn't be concerned, because in truth, when a certain group of people is pushed so far, and they know that they're not being hurt, and they know that they're now being marginalized, well, they do tend to get a little riled up. And point of fact is, more often than not, you'll have counter-protesters show up that cause incidents. And there was a small amount of counter-protests and stuff that was away from the main protests. But this level of police presence, police motorcycle cops driving by repetitively, going back and forth, multiple, uh, several police cars present, the police helicopters, multiple helicopters flying overhead, ready at a moment's notice to start. To, where were the rest of the Los Angeles Police Department at? Because it seemed like pretty close to the entirety of the staff had to have been there being present at this protest. It seems like it's an awful good day to be a criminal in L.A. because all you had to do was be anywhere but the protest and the chances of getting caught were pretty slim. And this isn't a statement about the cops. The cops were doing what they're told and they were doing their jobs in this case. And it's a good thing they were there because how bad would Antifa have been if there wasn't a police protest? How bad would the allies have gotten in an effort to rile these folks up and to create violence and to push them into pushing back. We see these things happen in multiple protests across the country. But it is a strong statement in regards to exactly what the priorities are of the local elected officials. They demanded this police presence. They have to be there to protect the insanity that is this political persecution, and that is what it amounts to. It is political, well, religious persecution, which always has a political slant to it, whether you want to admit it or not. It's a double whammy. It's bad, period. But it's not just based on political beliefs. It is based on faith. So why are they capable of mounting such a strong presence for something as trivial as protesting the events at a baseball game, and yet they can't mount the type of presence that would even just a tenth of the presence they had for this would be enough of, det of a deterrence to have de-escalated tons of things that have occurred, not just in L.A., but across the country. 
And, and that's just it. There is no place in the country where we haven't seen the elected officials, especially in blue territories, perfectly content on using a strong police presence as long as they're there protecting their political allies. As long as they're there to tamp down or to keep in line those who are stepping outside of the narrative. And the thing here is that most Catholics, they follow the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is not exactly a bastion of conservatism, not American political conservatism. They are pretty much folks that tend to lean to the left. They, they love the idea of an open border. They love the idea of offering sanctuary to anyone who simply asks for it. They love the idea of just ignoring criminality in exchange for trying to minister. And these aren't bad things individually in theory, but in practice, they fail to acknowledge the fact that there are so many people that are simply taking advantage of those ideologies. They're not actually trying to amend their bad ways. They're just trying to take advantage of your willingness to help. That's why we have laws that are outside of the church. That's why the church doesn't get to decide everything that happens. But the Catholic Church is not an ally to political conservatism anywhere on the globe. They're not a strong advocate, and they're not going to step up even after this assailment that has occurred against them and start protecting and speaking up on behalf of other Christian denominations that are facing similar types of persecution. They're not going to. How do we know? Because they've turned a blind eye for a long time now, and they've continued to side with the left. So again, I'm not sitting here patting everybody on the back saying, hey, way to go, way to pick up and, and take up and protect the Catholic Church. That's not what I'm saying here. What I am saying is that the Catholics are entitled, the followers of the faith are entitled to these same protections as anyone else under the Constitution. They are free to believe what they believe as long as they do not violate the laws of the country. And if you follow Christ, regardless of denomination, then we have something in common. And that is a place that we need to build upon rather than to continue to divide ourselves from. We need to speak up on behalf of this type of discriminatory action. There is a huge difference between embracing a very small but very loud squeaky will and then in turn embracing what can only be described as evil in order to look the other way, and pretend as if somehow this is a good thing. It's not a good thing to let people mock other people's faith. It's not. And if this was some other type of circumstance where we were a group of conservatives that were denying the climate change activists an opportunity to show up and we were mocking them, which actually we do mock them a lot, but 
they have developed a quasi-religion of their own. Oh, Mother Gaia, praise be to thee, let us embrace the green. If we were trying to silence them, we're trying to rebut them, we're trying to refute them, we're trying to make sure that we don't make public policy based on their tree-hugging wacko beliefs, but we don't silence them, and we're not trying to silence them, although at this point, I don't blame the folks that are out there trying to say that it's time to fight fire with fire, because they're tired of being silenced for having a viewpoint that's different than theirs. And we all are getting very tired of being silenced, being ratioed, being shadow banned, being uh, sent to Facebook jail, being banned. We're all tired of being silenced on platforms that are supposed to be designed to let us have our say. We're tired of that, and that leads to a lot more anger and a lot more division, which, again, I will point out, is the hopes the the plans, the feature, not the bug, of those that are pulling the strings behind all this. They want that division to exist. They want us so busy fighting one another, so busy escalating from point A to point B, that we just can't see what they're up to to put a stop to it. So the Dodgers... They not only deserve to have an empty stadium uh, on Friday night, they deserve to continue to have an empty stadium until they actually demonstrate that they've learned the lesson. The same thing with Bud Light and all of the Anheuser-Busch products, all of the InBev products across the board. They should continue to face the same type of the same type of pushback until they demonstrate that they have truly learned their lesson. And the same thing's true with Target and whoever decides to step up next. You want to be woke, Mark Cuban? Then you need to go broke, Mark Cuban. All right, let's reset the hour and we will change topics on the other side. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Hey, y'all, this is Derek Johnson. You can find me at DerekJohnsonCountry.com. And you're listening to Tim Tapp. And tapping to the truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town, candlelight and wine. She's shy, she's bold, she's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot. She's a big high five on the 50 yard line. She's a real cool kind of hot. With her long hair's blowing out a roll down window, my old truck shines like a brand new limo. I'm the guy. Warned about the greed within the mass 
met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees they said their vows And he couldn't say when He couldn't say how He couldn't say why She was different in his eyes And had a kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death They learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west They homeschooled on their farm Making so much more from so much less They can say when, they can say how, and they can say why, they're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. This is Stella Morabito, author of The Weaponization of Loneliness, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break as we reset the hour. Now we're diving headlong straight into hour number two, and that means more news stories and uh, more opining from me at just trying to get it all off my chest, guys. And I hope that I help you guys to understand a little bit, too, that at least when it comes to some of this stuff, you're not alone. Uh, There's a lot of us that feel the same way. Okay, so the next news story I wanted to take a look at is the fact that a federal judge has partially blocked an Indiana law that's meant to protect children from life-altering transgender procedures, temporarily stopping a prohibition on giving puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to minors. That's right. Once again, individual states' efforts to protect children are being pushed back against, being squashed down by the federal government. U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Indiana Judge James Patrick Handlon, he placed a preliminary injunction on this past Friday on Indiana SB 480 
after the American Civil Liberties Union sued on behalf of several parents who claimed the law was unconstitutional. I suggest they all reread the Constitution. There's nothing in the Constitution that says a state can't protect minors from some type of surgery. Any surgery that is elective can be <laughs> can be regulated by the states within their own borders pretty much with impunity. Okay? And make no mistake, no matter how they want to try and play it out about this is saving lives and, and this is uh, one thing or the other, whatever whiny little crazy lie they want to throw at it, this is still an elective surgery and minors, minors shouldn't be having it. And when it comes to the treatment, the gender affirming care of cross-sex hormones, well, that too is a questionable practice and therefore it is still in the purview of the states to pass law so the federal effort here is overreach plain and simple what this federal judge should have done <clears throat> justice hamlin is to have thrown the case out with the understanding that this is not a federal issue. That is what they should have done. Uh, but instead, they're going to say, well, you ask about constitutional grounds, so perhaps the court should hear the case just so we can decide whether there's constitutional grounds or not. Well, that's, that's one way to go about it, I guess. A good way to actually work around the Constitution to try to get your way. At any rate, this particular injunction does not block the law's prohibition on surgeries like the double mastectomies for girls who identify as boys or the genital, genital surgeries that are often being pushed on minors these days. But it does prohibit them from blocking the cross-sex hormone therapies. So no surgical mutilations, but we're still kind of okay with the chemical castrations. Yeah, that's that seems reasonable, right? Uh, we're we're compromising. Anyway, Indiana officials have promised to fight for the law, which of course was signed earlier this year and was set to go into effect on July first. Uh, quoting here. The court openly acknowledges evidence showing the safety and effectiveness of puberty blockers and hormone therapies are uncertain and unsettled. This, of course, from Todd uh, Rokita. Uh, uh, sorry, Todd, I am butchering your name. I don't mean to. Uh, Todd works as a spokesperson for the Indiana Attorney General, by the way. And Todd was talking to the Hill. Uh, also said, quoting again, <clears throat> it also recognizes that the state has shown there are good reasons for regulating gender transition procedures for minors. Well, no, duh. The state doesn't have to show anything. That should be common sense, but that's not the world we live in anymore, is it, boys and girls? Anyway, quoting just a little bit more. So, our office will continue to defend the democratically passed laws of the Indiana General Assembly, and we will continue to fight for the children. 
also adding that the federal ruling wouldn't be the end of the story, and it shouldn't be. The problem here is that eventually this case, like so many others, is going to have to work its way up to the Supreme Court. The way the Supreme Court has operated on cases like this in recent years, it will probably uh, refuse to hear it a couple of times. They'll probably send it back down to a lower court, asking them to take another look at certain things, and then they will eventually see this uh, case for what it truly is. They will hear the argument, and then they will make a ruling that actually comes down on the side of common sense, unless the court has changed its makeup again by the time they actually hear the case. And by that, I mean at least a couple of conservatives will have to have been removed one way or another, and a couple of leftist activist judges will have had to have taken their place. And then, then the Supreme Court will be more than happy to hear the case because they will very quickly want to try to somehow codify, without the use of law and legislation, uh, the idea the conception that is perfectly okay to mutilate children in the name of gender identity politics. I don't know why, but that does seem to be one of the new ready-to-die-on-that-hill causes that the political left has in the country. Now, Indiana is one of the 20 states that has moved to protect children from life-altering transgender procedures in the last several years. Indiana's law was challenged by the ACLU just hours after it was signed by the governor, Eric Holcomb, which filed similar lawsuits in other states as well. Now, Ken Falk, the ACLU of Indiana's legal director, celebrated the preliminary injunction. Of course, saying, oh, yay, quote, Today's victory is a testament to the trans youth of Indiana. No, it's not. It's a testament to the fact that you have a weenie judge that says, okay, I'll hear your case, and while the surgeries seem irreversible, because they are, I'm not convinced that the hormones are irreversible, so we're going to let that continue, but we are going to kind of hit the brakes on the surgery. So he's in that squishy little in-between zone. And obviously he himself, as opposed to, I don't know, following the law, is actually simply trying to split the difference and play politics. Anyway, I apologize, dear listener. Let's get back to Mr. Fox. Uh, quote. <clears throat> I will start from the beginning again. Hopefully I won't have another outburst. Today's victory is a testament to the trans youth of Indiana, their families, and their allies. Yeah, yeah see, I, I can't help it. i got to interject again. Their allies? Their allies. Who are these children's allies? Because I would kind of point in the direction of the people that are trying to protect them from life-altering things that there's no coming back from. Especially considering that these life-altering things, they're not mature enough to decide for themselves yet. Now, naturally, uh, teenagers don't want to hear that. Even more so, preteens, uh, they're not even going to understand why they're not going to want to hear that when they become teenagers. But the truth of the matter is, there's a reason why we have age restrictions 
on everything from going into movies with certain content to having a driver's license to owning a firearm to whatever other thing you want to look at, like voting. <laughs> There's an expectation that once you have achieved a certain amount of life experience, we expect you to begin acting like an adult. And once you're capable of acting like an adult, we're hoping that you're going to engage in critical thinking like an adult should, despite the fact that there is an extreme lack of critical thinking currently in operation out in our country at the moment. But it doesn't change the fact it's a matter of maturity level. So when I hear their allies, I'm wondering who their allies really are. And again, I will remind, as I have tried to remind on multiple occasions, knowing that not too many members of the LGBTQ plus community are listening. And the ones that are, aren't really listening. They're just hearing me say things that they're not liking. And so they're just looking for ways to push back. But I have said on multiple occasions, and all you have to do is, if you don't remember, if you're not a long-time listener, if you haven't heard me say it before, you can go back in the archives. I've said it several times. You should be careful who you let speak on your behalf. You should be careful who you allow to represent you, because what you will find out is that more often than not, you're going to end up with people that claim to be your ally, that have a totally different agenda altogether. And the, the real problem with not knowing what the real intentions are of the people that claim to be your allies is that uh, they don't necessarily have your best interest in mind. Okay, let me try one more time. We'll start at the beginning. Today's victory is a testament to the trans youth of Indiana, their families, and their allies who never gave up the fight to protect access to gender-affirming care and who will continue to defend the right of all trans people to be their authentic selves, free from discrimination. We won't rest until this unconstitutional law is struck down for good. Except it's not unconstitutional. It is just not. Sorry. And despite the arguments that were made uh, here in the state of Tennessee by a federal judge that the law banning cabaret performances in front of minors is being too broad, making it unconstitutional, the idea, the general premise itself is not unconstitutional either. Uh, granted, they may actually require a rewriting of the law, passing a new one, but uh, it still would be constitutional if it wasn't quite so broad, right? This, in Indiana, also not unconstitutional. And to, to pretend like it's so heroic to want to continue to mutilate children, I, I don't see where the heroic nature of that activity is there, buddy. I, I don't see it. Uh, where do you get powerful strength? Uh, where? What, what, what is heroic about this? You're not standing up for trans people. You're not protecting the youth. You're certainly not engaged in 
the access to gender-affirming care, because as we've already pointed out a multitude of times, this particular activity is the opposite of gender-affirming. It, it is gender-denying. It is a complete and total ignoring of the reality of what the gender of the individuals happen to be. Oh, it's it's certainly not gender affirming, but uh, you know, they're the leftist, and they're trying to twist it, and they're trying to make it sound like people who stand up to protect these children. People that say things like, you can't simply uh, be born a male and become a female because you say so. Uh, those are the bad guys. People that actually live in a grounded reality. How dare you live in that grounded reality? How dare you actually use science against us when it's our narrative to set back and say, Follow the science until it tells you something other than what we want you to think. And then then you're being lied to. Then you're a victim of disinformation. It's funny how science can be both, right? Uh, it's all a matter of their political perspective. <sighs> Those in support of transgender procedures on children have pushed an aggressive court strategy with state laws shielding children from the procedures being blocked in several states now, including Alabama, Arkansas, and Florida. In Florida, Judge Robert Hinkle, who we talked about just a couple of broadcasts ago, issued a ruling against Florida's ban on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones that was steeped in activist language, clearly, clearly making the point that uh, he believes in the existence of transgender at birth mentality, that he is fully on board with the activism of pushing this notion forward, of trying to create further confusion, of trying to artificially create through social contagion a level of gender dysphoria that doesn't occur naturally. Saying things like, uh, and Quoting here, the elephant in the room should be noted at the onset. Gender identity is real. The record makes this clear. Which record exactly are you talking about, Your Honor? And I know I, I said this when we first talked about this ruling from the Honorable Judge Hinkle. And it's 44-page ruling. Obviously, Joe Biden's Department of Justice has weighed in on this as well when they were suing the great state of Tennessee over its ban on transgender procedures as well. So just keep them coming, lefties. At the end of the day, you and the Democratic Party will end up facing the same type of pushback that Bud Light and Target is seeing right now because you're attacking the children and claiming to be protecting them. You are trying to destroy children's lives for their entire futures, if they have a future at all, while the whole time you're smiling and saying that you're trying to make sure that you see them, that you hear them, that they're brave and bold, and yet you never admit the truth about what science actually tells you in regards to children that actually suffer from gender dysphoria. 
that most of them outgrow it by the end of puberty. And that the overwhelming majority that still suffer from gender dysphoria after puberty still tend to outgrow it before their 26th birthday. It's a hard life. It's a tough spot to be in. But it is something that should be treated with psychotherapy, not with mutilation and chemical castration. There is no, <clears throat> there is no evidence whatsoever that those type of aggressive behaviors do anything to help these children. Now, of course, the, the standard of care model, the standard of care model has been infiltrated by woke numbskulls that are on board with the political agenda, not on board with following the most basic premise of what the medical profession used to be based upon. The Hippocratic Oath, first do no harm. First, do no harm. How can you claim to be honoring the Hippocratic Oath when you're still pushing chemical castrations and surgical mutilations on children that aren't old enough to make decisions for themselves like legally buying cigarettes or legally driving a car? How can you, with a clear conscience, look at yourself in the mirror and still be on board with those things, knowing no, and they, make no mistake, they do know the ramifications of these actions. They do know. <sighs> so, yes, you continue to try to block these laws. You, you continue to try and prevent states from protecting these children. You keep showing your true colors. The reason that these people are for abortion isn't because they believe in a woman's right to choose. It's because they believe in making sacrifices. They believe in sacrificing the lives of these pre-born baby humans to whatever dark forces that they are praying to, that are giving them their power. They follow a darkness. They follow a sickness. They suffer from a mental issue of their own. And they're all for the destruction of children before they're born, and now they're making it clear that they are all for the destruction of children after their birth. And if we can't get them murdered, if we can't get them gunned down in the streets of Chicago, then we can ruin their lives by mutilating them, by performing grotesque, medical experiments on them by piping them full of drugs that their bodies were never meant to have in them and calling it a treatment. You just can't trust these so-called medical professionals to have your best interest in mind. They have made it clear that the woke agenda is way more important to them than your health. So you got to take your health into your own hands, and that's why I need to remind you right now about our friends over at Native Path. See, if you're worried about your heart, your memory, your swollen, achy joints, then uh, this Antarctic krill supplement, it could help end issues with all three of those. It's been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduce inflammation, swelling, and 
joint pain as a result of that. And uh, there's no better time for you to try it for yourself. Just go to FixSwollenFeet.com to get 58% off Native Path Antarctic Krill. This krill oil is pure, it's effective, and it is bio-absorbing level at a high rate. It's easily absorbed by the body. So, it contains a potent antioxidant that helps reduce inflammation and swelling. Uh, despite the fact I keep trying to say uh, it reduces inflation, it, however, does not do that. Uh, otherwise, we'd be throwing a ton of the native paths krill oil all over the White House. We would see what would happen. But it does uh, help reduce inflammation and swelling. For a limited time, you can grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle if you take full advantage of the offers on the page. Just a, a bottle is a full month supply, by the way. And uh, all you have to do is go to FixSwollenFeet.com. That's F-I-X-S-W-O-L-L-E-N-F-E-E-T dot com big swollen feet and uh, see for yourself now uh let's go ahead and ease into the mid-hour break shall we after all what else we got going on got another topic to get to and if i don't get to it soon then i'm likely to just keep going on and on and on about this particular issue we don't want that do we stay where you're at i'll be right back I'm Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote and attorney for the Donald J. Trump for President 2024 campaign. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Have you ever noticed the more junk food and other unhealthy items people consume, the more negatively controlled they are? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, many black Americans have proportionately consumed more junk and fast food than any other major group of Americans. It is my opinion, if you constantly eat nutritionally bad food, it negatively affects every other aspect of your daily life and makes you more easily controlled by negative forces in media, government, and less able to discern or even care about trying to live or encourage others to live a morally principled and upwardly mobile lifestyle. I believe that if certain powerful elitists in government and elsewhere working to fundamentally transform America into a land of controlled, useful idiots, if they succeed, they will not only continue to indoctrinate young students in government schools, but will try to snare everyone through unhealthy government-approved food and water supplies, which they believe will make everyone more accepting of an extreme leftist, anti-good, anti-clean, and anti-God society, preventing everyone from achieving their highest potential. Thus, the self-destruction of America would be achieved. I'm Ron Edwards. Get you all the fried chicken in the world. Bye now. 
Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ERH year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. You know what else is proven? It's proven that the fastest path to tyranny is to give up your guns. It's also proven that the quickest way to become a victim of crime is to not have your firearm on you when you need it. And that's why I have to talk to you right now about one of the biggest mistakes that gun owners like myself have made on multiple occasions. I know I'm not the only one, guys. And it's okay. We've done it. There's more of us than you might think. Uh, what was that mistake? Well, we went out, we got ourselves a holster, and it was just so gosh darn uncomfortable that we decided to stop carrying. And that puts us at a horrible disadvantage should that dark moment occur, should we find ourselves in that situation where we have to defend ourselves or protect our family, our neighbors, our friends, or our property. That's why the Vanish holster is quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in the country. They are, hands down, according to thousands of their customers, the most comfortable holster, period. End of discussion. They don't want to hear it. They also say that if you start using a Vanish holster, you'll never stop carrying. Now, that's some pretty strong words. And like I said, that's not just one or two five-star ratings. That's thousands of their customers that have said this. They're also designed to help you save money, too. The holster is designed to fit 99% of semi-automatic handguns that are out there. It's designed to hold two full magazines ready for backup just in case you need them. It's designed so that you don't have to have a tactical belt. So guess what? There's a hidden cost right there that's taken out of the equation. It's designed to let you carry in multiple positions. You find the one that works best for you and it will work. And that too goes back to the most comfortable holster ever as well it lets you put it where it works for you. That's fantastic. And all I'm really asking you to do is not take my word for it, but to go check it out for yourself. And you can do that by going to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Now you want to do the backslash T-A-P-P because if you decide to place an order while you're there, that's going to activate for you automatically a $50 discount. So why not save $50 while you're just looking around if you decide to take something home with you from there? That's all I'm saying. One more time, that's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Get yourself those super, super cool $50 discounts if you decide to place an order.
Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Fight for the rights of every man I am a real American Fight for what's right Fight for your life Hi, this is Rod Eccles and you're listening to Tap Into The Truth with Tim Tapp. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through that very brief, although doesn't feel quite as brief as it used to be, <laughs> but it's still a very brief break. Uh, glad to have you here along for the ride, especially since we are now halfway through hour number two. That means we're almost done, boys and girls, and that's pretty cool. Uh, I just wish I had better things to talk to you about. That, that part's not cool. Uh, but before we get back into the conversation, allow me to take this opportunity to remind you about our friends over at 4 It doesn't matter if you're looking for survival food kits. It doesn't matter if you're looking for backup emergency electricity. It doesn't matter if you're looking for water filtration. What does matter is that whatever it is you need to help improve your odds of survival when, well, when things get bad, uh, Four Patriots has a lot of things situated to help you do exactly that. And that's part of why I like them so well. They've, they've seen for themselves what's available in the market, and they've looked to try to make it as easy as possible for folks to get the most important items you might need in the event of an extended blackout, in the event of an extended supply chain issue, and 
I got to tell you, their products are great. They didn't just settle for good enough. They went out of their way to get really good products available for you. And some of them are a little pricey. Some of their bigger uh, solar generators, for example, yeah, they cost a little money, but they do have payment plans available if it's still something that you feel like you absolutely have to have. Because sometimes when you look at a price tag, you do have to make those determinations. Is this something that I just can't afford or is this something that I can't afford not to get and then you have to try to make a way to it and i'm not telling you which one that that should fall into that's something you have to decide for yourself but what i am asking you to do is visit our friends over at four patriots website and take a look around take a good look around and once you're over <clears throat> at fourpatriots.com and uh, you see things that you decide you do want to get then take advantage of 10% off by using promo code TAPP, T-A-P-P, at checkout. I mean, why would you not do that? Especially if the price tag is a concern, uh, take advantage of the discounts that are available. And that is an available discount that you only get as a listener to this show. And I'm glad to be able to offer that to you because this is important stuff to have. And I'm glad to be able to help you with that. So, again, that's the number four and make sure you put in the number four, fourpatriots.com. The number four, just put in four right there from your number pad, boop, <laughs> then patriots.com, and uh, take a good look around. Uh, you won't be sorry that you did, but you might be sorry if you didn't. That's really all I got to say about that. Now let's get to the final story of today that I plan on discussing. <clears throat> and we're still talking about gender identity politics, but we're also talking about how businesses are being part of it, especially during the most holy month of the year for the leftists and the Church of Left ideals, Idealism, the month of pride. Yeah. Anyway, um, AMC Theaters. They are a group that was, thanks to COVID lockdowns, on the verge of disappearing. They very nearly had to close their doors forever. Like a lot of other uh, theater uh, companies, it was very difficult to keep the doors open during that time. And there's no point in keeping the doors open, but it was very difficult to keep the companies in business with no income when you couldn't keep the doors open, right? Well, now they've made a business move that might just get them in the same situation as Target and Bud Light. See, AMC Theaters abruptly canceled a film that was showcasing the voices of young people who have detransitioned after having hormone therapy and surgeries to purportedly affirm their gender identity. Now, the name of the movie was No Way Back, The Reality of Gender Affirming Care. And the movie was set for initial release on June 21st in dozens of theaters across the country. Producers of the film say that AMC caved to the pressure of the deplatforming campaign of a transgender group called The Queer Trans Project, which has not had access to the view the full film. So in other words, this canceling push is coming from a group of people that don't even know what's in the movie. They just know based on the title that they don't want that message being seen by anyone. They certainly don't want it being seen by spineless 
uh, politicians that are right now doing the bidding of the transitioning uh, organizations, right? Well, haven't seen a lot of reporting on this, but the Daily Wire, never afraid to get involved in this particular battle. They did reach out to AMC Theaters about the cancellation, and surprise, surprise to no one at all, they didn't get a response. AMC Theaters doesn't want to talk about this decision. Woo. So the uh, key two projects, the key, blah, the QT projects interference of detransitioning as <laughs> conversion therapy is a weak, underhanded attempt to conflate detransitioning with that despicable and sometimes devastating practice of the past. This was in a statement from Deplorable Films, the distributor of the movie No Way Back. Now let me say that again because the quote it didn't run very smoothly here. The QT Project's inference of detransitioning as conversion therapy is a weak, underhanded attempt to conflate detransitioning. Okay, so again, in case I'm still not doing the best job of conveying that particular sentence, they're saying that the queer trans project effort to, to try and help squash this movie, to try and keep people from seeing this documentary, is they're trying to claim that it's promoting conversion therapy. And conversion therapy has unfortunately fallen into this negative connotation because of religious groups that would just take children that were confused about their sexuality and try to convince them, sometimes in very coercive fashion, uh, that they weren't gay. Okay, So they're trying to conflate a, uh, a false connection here a false equivalency that somehow what the detransitioning crowd is talking about is the same as the conversion therapies, the worst possible conversion therapies of the past. So, also in the statement from Deplorable Films, they said, and I'm back to quoting now, it might be worth noting here that there is an infamously repressive theocracy on the other side of the globe, where gender-affirming surgery is the only option given to gay men and women who may otherwise be executed under the law. Now, I'm still trying to figure out what that phrase is meant to actually be supportive of. Uh, the fact that conversion therapy is a bad thing, or that oppressive theocracies are kind of not the best option for gay people. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like an argument that's made if you're deep into the weeds. Now, if you're a lay person that's not firmly involved with this, let me rephrase the statement. To make it a little more universal. It might be worth noting. That there are some. Infamously repressive countries. That tend to 
demand loyalty to a particular faith that are on the other side of the globe that don't like the idea of homosexuality to the point of criminalizing homosexuality, to the point of saying that you must engage in gender-affirming surgery rather than just be gay. That you're not allowed to be gay. If you have gay tendencies, that you are in fact transgender and you must undergo this care or you will be punished. The problem with that statement, though, boys and girls, as you well know, you're not going to be allowed to live <laughs> if you demonstrate these tendencies uh, because you're either going to be stoned to death or you're going to be thrown off of the top of a tall building. That's kind of how it's done in that part of the world. And yes, we are talking about predominantly Islamic theocracies. Iran, uh, ring a bell. Uh, they're not the only one, but uh, just putting it out there. So what they're trying to make the connection here is that gender-affirming care is the enemy of gay and bi people in those worlds. That, that this is actually not a shared uh, issue that that the intersectionality coalition here as we pointed out multiple times in the past are actually at odds on this particular instance but despite the unclear effort to try and make a case the real problem here is that this movie is designed to tell the stories of people that have gone through the transitioning process at different levels, sometimes only through the chemical side, sometimes with the surgical side, and how they regret it. Regret, trans regret, is a topic that I've been discussing on the show since 2015. It's a real thing that exists, and it's been squashed and squashed and squashed. And now that they're going all in on the, not only do we want you to transition, but now we want you to transition the kids, now they really don't want you to know what happens when some of these kids have been through it and now have lived long enough to realize that, ah, guess what, guys? This was a mistake. The issue is, why would you cancel this movie when you've already got contracts to put it on your screens, right? I mean, that's the deal. AMC theaters, they were going to screen it. The distribution company also said, and I'm quoting again, perhaps they're on the payroll of those who profit from this. So much of what they are doing is resulting in the creation of lifelong surgical and pharmaceutical patients they, they're doing so to great benefit of certain surgical clinics and pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies. Blah, I'm getting tongue-tied, and I'm sorry. Part of the reason I'm getting tongue-tied is because I'm starting to get really worked up on this. Continuing uh, to quote from Deplorable Films, It is quite evident that those undertaking this crusade against this film have not had the courtesy of seeing it before taking such extreme actions to silence it. Now, along with medical professionals, the film features five young people who have, in fact, detransitioned. One person in the film, a 26-year-old man named Abel, 
spoke to the Daily Wire about his transition uh, to female as a teenager and then his detransition. In speaking to uh, the Daily Wire, <coughs> excuse me, Abel told them, quote, I would tell anyone who wants to transition, especially the young boys who think life would be easier because they are the perfect image of a masculine male, that the transition will not save them. Seems like pretty solid life experience to be sharing. Why would you not want kids to see that if they are in that position where they're possibly suffering through actual gender dysphoria? Maybe, just maybe, hearing from someone who's went through the transition might give them pause. It might actually encourage them to seek the type of psychotherapy that would be helpful for them instead of being so quick to try to take a pill or go under the knife. Just saying, just throwing that out there for your general consideration. Back to quoting, <clears throat> it would actually destroy their lives. Actually, take a step back and think about this for a while. And even if that is what they think they want, the actual negative side effects, nobody will tell you. <clears throat> I mean, why do you not want kids to hear this? Why do you not want parents to hear this? Why do you not want politicians and medical professionals to hear this, to hear the kind of pain and harm that their actions have taken, that their actions, their policies have caused upon people's lives in the name of a political ideology that is flawed and only designed to keep us at odds to begin with. Why? Well, it could be for all those reasons I just mentioned. A young woman named Laura who appears in the No Way Back movie, also speaking to the Daily Wire, said that she took a high dose of testosterone and removed her healthy breasts by way of a double mastectomy before detransitioning at 22 years old. She said, quote, <clears throat> I'm a very vocal advocate of complete bans for transition procedures for minors, both medical and social. Because children are not developed. They do not have the brains or bodies to be able to make long-term decisions about their reproductive and sexual health. And they just are not able to consent to these long-term procedures. Hmm. Wonder why that sounds so familiar. But hey, it's not coming from me. It's not coming from anybody at the Daily Wire. It's not coming from anybody over at the Blaze. It's not coming from anybody at the Daily Caller or the Daily Signal. Not coming from conservative, uh, the uh, Daily Conservative Briefing. It's not coming from anybody except someone who's actually been through it actually through it, someone that felt the pain, somebody that's experienced the negative side of all of this, so much so that she realized that 
this was a mistake. Now, the Queer Trans Project claims that the film is anti-trans and perpetuates harmful misinformation. The group campaigned for allies to send its simple letter, well, it's, it had a sample letter, uh, to send this sample letter to AMC with the goal of deplatforming No Way Back. <clears throat> the letter reads, <clears throat> I'm writing to express my deep concern and strong opposition to the decision to screen No Way Back, the reality of gender-affirming care, an anti-trans film that perpetuates harmful misinformation. It is disheartening to see a respected institution like AMC Theatres provide a platform for content that further stigmatizes and marginalizes the transgender community. Regardless of the timing, this film screening goes against the values of inclusivity and respect that should be upheld by a company committed to providing diverse and meaningful entertainment. I implore you, to reconsider this decision immediately and demonstrate your commitment to supporting a more inclusive and accepting society. Please remove the film from your lineup and help ensure that AMC Theaters remains a safe and inclusive space for all moviegoers. Now hang on just a minute. On the surface, that sounds like just your... Simple, blah, 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 form letter, right? But the thing is, with this group, you have to read between the lines, too. You have to know. You hear the, regardless of the timing, this film screening goes against the values of inclusivity and respect that should be upheld by a company committed to providing diverse and meaningful entertainment. I, you, you're basically saying that, uh, guys, if you do this, we're going to boycott you. We're going to send letters. We're going to go to the media. We're going to harm your DEI score, which in turn will lower your SEG score. Yeah, there's a threat there. The threat, I implore you to reconsider this decision immediately and demonstrate your commitment to supporting. Demonstrate. Prostate yourself. Lower yourself. Drop to your knees and honor us. Demonstrate your commitment. Kiss the ring. Demonstrate your commitment to supporting a more inclusive and accepting society. Please remove the film from your lineup. And help ensure that AMC Theaters remains a safe and inclusive space for all moviegoers. Because if you don't do this, we're going to tell the world that you're not a safe place for moviegoers. We're not going to mention the fact why. We're not going to talk about the, the reasons. We're just going to say that 
AMC movie theaters is just not a safe place. So what choice does AMC theaters have but to withdraw this movie? They're being threatened by ideological terrorists. Well, they still have the choice to understand that the people that are doing the threatening may create a whole lot of bad press, but they don't make up the majority of moviegoers in the country. They can't hurt your business. They can cause you a PR uh, issue, but they can't hurt your business. They're not going to affect you in a way that is significant to your bottom line. So what you could do is say, uh, we, we've already agreed to sign it, uh, to We've already agreed to screen it, is what I should say. And so we're going to. And why are you so afraid of it? That should be the response. Scott Weiner, the Democratic state senator from California, <laughs> the one that's been trying to redefine child abuse to uh, also include that if you don't adequately support your child's gender identity, that that immediately becomes child abuse. Yeah, that same Scott Weiner out in California. He also went directly after AMC for initially platforming No Way, saying, quote, AMC is celebrating Pride Month by platforming an anti-trans propaganda film across the country. Uh, no, actually, State Senator Weiner AMC was filming, uh, was screening a film that has nothing to do with Pride Month and has everything to do with the truth about what happens to children who are pushed into transitioning. That's what they were doing. They were performing a public service. It would be nice, since technically you're supposed to be a public servant, if you would do the same. Actually do some public service instead of grandstanding and try to move your way up to higher office in the Democratic Party that has lost its freaking mind. In this statement made on Twitter by Wiener, went on to saying that AMC Theaters is feeding into the lie that kids are being tricked into being trans. When the data actually shows that only 1% of trans people detransition. This is truly shameful. Again, because most people that do the surgical transitions, they can't actually detransition. All they can do is stop the continuous treatments. Only 1%. Most people are still told that it's a lifetime commitment. Once they're locked onto this, they don't have an option. And beyond that, that number is changing. That number is going up. Statistically, that's an old number. It's an old stat. And it is a stat that is changing. The number is rising. And do you know why? Because there are more and more kids that were pushed into transitioning as kids. And they are now getting past their 20s. And now they're well, getting into their 20s, I should say. And they're starting to see the reality as well. You're pushing a lie. You're on the wrong side of this, State Senator Wiener. AMC is wrong for canceling it. But this is about the PR issue. So here's what we have to do, boys and girls. If you want more people to be able to see the truth about what happens to these children when they have been forced into the transition, then you need to push back too.
You need to reach out to AMC theaters and demand that they put this back on their schedule. And they need to see that actual moviegoers are going to show up. And then buy a ticket. I don't care if you actually go to it or not. Buy a freaking ticket and support this thing. Let them know that they're not going to get away with the lie. That's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to have to be it for today. Thank you so very much for staying with me to the end. As always, I can't fully express my appreciation for it. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for being here. Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. This is Kathy Barnett, the National Grassroots Director for the Vivek 2024 Presidential Campaign, and you're listening to MTAP and Tap Into the Truth.